Welcome to Becoming, a podcast for teens and young adults. This is episode 23, part two, When Life Gives You Lemons, the second half of my interview with Natalie Norton. Hi there, and welcome to Becoming, a podcast for teens and young adults, where together we are becoming more than we are and who we were always meant to be. Each episode will feature different topics to enhance your growth, help you see the world differently, and discover who you really want to become. We are your hosts, Tani Beardall and Erica Peterson. We will be interviewing guests with unique experiences and experts in different fields to help us get the most out of each episode. Hi everyone, I am so happy that you are here today. I'm beyond thrilled to bring you part two of When Life Gives You Lemons with Natalie Norton. If you have not yet listened to part one, please go back and take the time to do so. I loved every single word that Natalie shared with us. She talked about five tangible things that we can do when we've just gone through something so heart-wrenching that we cannot imagine facing another day. These are simple things that will help you get back on your feet and find the new normal to your life. I want you to know that this doesn't have to be loss alone that we're talking about. You guys go through some heavy, hard things. It can look like mourning your parents' marriage that didn't work out or just deep emotional concerns you have or stuff you're dealing with with people at school. There's so many things that are real. These are real feelings that you have. And I want you to know that they're important and you are important. And if you just need to do these five simple things to get out of bed the next day, to give you that momentum to keep moving forward and come out of this hard space, then that is good enough just starting with those five things and things will start looking brighter and lighter for you. I love these different coping mechanisms and I really think they can be life-changing when they're applied. Natalie and I also talked about how to handle our feelings of wanting to blame others when we experience these deep heartbreaks and loss, specifically how we tend to want to blame God. I absolutely loved her advice on this. So please download that episode and listen to it regularly to help support you if you are fighting through similar struggles. With permission from Natalie, we are going to start part two with a clip from her podcast called Show Up with Natalie Norton. This is in her bonus episode with her husband, Richie. I would highly suggest you go back and listen to the whole thing. But in this little clip that I'm going to play for you, they are discussing the heart-wrenching moments of losing their baby son, Gavin. And I cannot express to you how her words and her experience touched my life and affected me so deeply. I feel incredibly blessed that she allowed me to play this to you directly. You guys, what she shared in these few short minutes was pivotal for me. It was like her soul was speaking directly to my soul. So without further ado, I will play that clip from her podcast and then we will continue on to part two of the interview. And I know he's gone and I'm holding him in my arms. And, you know, we think about this in our worst nightmares, right? We think, we imagine, gosh, what would I ever do? I could never go through that. I would never be strong enough or 
man, what would, what, would, what would we do if we lost our child or our husband or our wife or our friend or our parent or whatever? We go through these worst case scenarios. It's human nature to at some point um, grapple with these kinds of things, right? And one thing that I don't know that I'd ever thought of was what next? Like you think about it in a general way, but I'd never thought of like the speci specific logistics. Like I'm sitting here holding my little boy and knowing that now I have to get up and leave that hospital, that I can't just stay there with him forever. And how do you make that, that move? How do you get up? How do you step into this hell that is now in, in front of you? How, do you? how do you do that? How? There, I, it's impossible. And I literally remember saying out loud, how? And just feeling as though I was going to die under the weight of it. And I remember looking at you and your eyes just brimming with tears. And we just shook our heads at each other like, what do we do? And so in that moment, I remember holding him close and shutting my eyes and taking a deep breath and just crying out in my mind to an unseen God, how, how, like, where are you? How do I do this thing? You're asking me to do an impossible thing. I cannot do this thing. And it's such a weird thing to talk about because I can't ever do it justice with human language. Um, but the feeling that washed over me was probably the most profound experience of my life. I, I suddenly felt in touch with myself in a way that I never had before. I wasn't Natalie Norton in this hospital room having this horrible, horrible um, reality. I was this person, this being, this Natalie Norton who had lived for eons before and would live for eons after. And while I knew that Natalie Norton in that hospital room in 2010, that she didn't have what it took to do this impossible thing, that other person, that Natalie, that, that true essence of the divinity of who I really was, that that person had the power. And I opened my eyes and I stood up. And I looked around the room, and all I saw was this big, cold, sterile hospital bed. And I didn't want to lay him there. It, he's my baby, my little, my little precious child that I just wanted so desperately to protect. And I looked around the room. And at that exact moment, before I could even register my next steps, there was a nurse standing in front of me, and she couldn't have been older than maybe like 23, 24 at the very most, and maybe probably closer to 20. She was a baby. I don't know. But all I remember about her was she had blue, blue, crystal blue eyes, and they were brimming with tears. And her lip trembled, and she said, would you like me to rock him for you? I'll rock him for you. And I was able in that most dark and terrifying moment of my life, I was able to hand my little boy to another human being who had showed up for me in a situation that was probably breaking protocol. I mean, we've been alone in that room, and in she came. She was probably so afraid, didn't want to interrupt, right? But she had the courage because in her soul, I imagine she felt inclined, she felt inspired, she felt compelled to step forward and help another human. I can rock him for you. Would you like me to rock him for you? And I handed her 
my little boy. And I stood there and watched as she sat down and rocked him so tenderly and just gazed at him and she stroked his skin. and She hummed and I was able to kiss him on the head and take your hand and walk out of that hospital into the fire that lay ahead. And I knew that even though I was afraid, even though I had no idea what I was in store for, I knew that that woman inside of me, that depth of who I was, that core divinity was everything I needed, that I was going to be enough. Wow, right? I have listened to this episode so many times and I've been able to share it with a few friends that really needed to hear it. And I'm really, really grateful that she was willing to share this clip with all of you. Seriously, if you just need to take a minute to pause and digest what she just shared, please do. I am going to touch on this at the end of the interview, but I just need you to understand her perspective more deeply through the rest of the interview. So we are going to start with Natalie answering the question that we left off with at the end of part one. I need to know, do you think your perspective and these things you're teaching and learning are because of your innate gifts personally, or do you think that you've developed these things you've learned through the hardships you've been through? Both. Both. I think that we come from heaven with certain propensities. I think that um, we've existed, right? Before we came here, this isn't the beginning. And so a lot of the things that we experience, we're just sort of waking up to ourselves every day, right? And the more we experience, yeah, right? The more we wake up to that, to that person that we really are and the more, the more that we kind of are able to cast away the veil that is veiling us from who we are at our mm-hmm. deepest sense. Now, in addition to that, do I think that trials and hardships that we face have the ability to accelerate that process? Definitely. If we let it. Yeah, exactly. And then the question is, why is that? Why do our challenges matter as it, as it relates to figuring out who we are and tapping into our gifts and our potential? Well, I'm going to tell you that I believe it's because during those hardships and trials, we rely with the most fierce dedication on God. Yeah. And the closer that relationship becomes, the more we're able to see who we really are. And so, yes, trials, challenges, oh my gosh, it is just, it feels like impossible to bear. But there is fruit there. There's beauty there. And the ability to know yourself as you really are and to feel in the deepest part of your heart um, that connection to your Father in Heaven. And, you know, all the hardships I've experienced, all the pains in my life, um, I wouldn't give them back if I could because it would mean I would also have to give away all the lessons and the growth and who I've become um, in and through those, those hard, hard things. And the one, the one other thing I think bears mentioning and that I want all of you guys out there to hear is that it's not just 
this moment we're living in. There's a much bigger perspective. And I want you to think that you're like, I lived in Arizona for a little while. I live in Hawaii now on the North Shore of Oahu. And it's so amazing. I love it so much. Come visit me. But I lived for a little while in Arizona. And people in Arizona, at least where I lived, would go to their river. It was like a thing you did. Like you went to the river and you would float on like these big inner tubes down the river mm. in the summer. And it was like so, so fun. But sometimes you'd come around a corner and you wouldn't realize, oh my gosh, there's some rapids ahead. Or you'd come around a corner and suddenly it would be really shallow and you kind of get like beach. You have to get up and <laughs> carry your inner tube, you know, down the down the river. And it, it was just... You not just, my favorite part. Yeah. Not my favorite part either. Um, but you couldn't ever see what was around the next bend. But I want you to think about things this way. If you had the ability to go up above everything and look down, you could see every curve in that river. You could see where there's waterfalls. You could see where the water's shallow. You could see where there might be some rapids. And that's the way our Father in Heaven sees and experiences. And so if we could see that way, then we would have a different perspective. And so when you feel as though, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous, remember that you can't see what's around the next bend and the next and the next. And that because I believe and know that our God is for us, he's always for us, which means he wants us to have joy and he wants us to be successful and happy and comfortable and and joyful, joyful, joyful. That's the word that I'll always come back to. He wants that for us. And so I want you to remember that every bend that you take exists to get you to that space where you and I both want to be, which is, which is happy. And not just in some future life, but in this life right here. It's on and the horizon. That was my next question for you. I know it's difficult when you go through loss to want to feel joy again. How can you do that without feeling guilty? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's hard. It's, it's hard. Kind of that survivor's guilt thing. Yeah. Like, how do we how do we feel okay with feeling joy again when we've been through this really hard thing? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, if it's specifically loss, the question is, what would your loved one want? Your loved one does not want you to walk through life in pain. Yeah. That doesn't make them more alive. When you're, when you're really, really sad, it doesn't make them more alive. When you're really, really happy, it doesn't make them less alive. Yeah. What would they want for you? And that's a really, really good way. Um, to start the process. Another way is to remember that you're allowed to feel what you feel. And it, again, it's always going to be changing. So yeah, you might feel happy right now, but you know you're going to feel sad again soon. It's, a, mm -hmm. it's an up and down and side to side and all over the place experience. And it's not, there's not even a pattern to it. There's no predictability. It just does what it does. And so just remember, yeah, you might be happy right now. And that's not a betrayal to anyone. It doesn't push your loved one further away. It's just living your life. And that's okay. And that's totally okay. That and again and again, what would your loved one want? Just that question, that understanding can be pivotal to someone. Yeah, I agree. Thank I you. Agree. Thank you for saying that. I wonder, this is kind of switching gears a little, but what is the best thing that we can do when we see a loved one or a friend who just had an extreme loss? What's the best way to handle that? I've been in those situations and I just yeah. want to take their heart and hold it and I just don't know what to do. What's the best thing you can do for someone? I think what you just said, say to them, I wish I could just take your heart and hold it. <laughs> yeah. I think often we, we accidentally say things that are for us. Meaning, we like let's say that somebody lost their mom or their dad. We want to sit down to them with them and we want to comfort them. 
But are we comforting them or are we comforting us? If we say to them, you know what, I know it's so sad, but you'll see them again. Right now, it doesn't matter to that person that they're going to see them again. Yeah, That does not change the fact that they are not going to see them for so many years. And it doesn't change the pain. It doesn't change the fear. But it makes you, as the speaker, feel a little bit better saying, you know what, you're going to see them again. Families are forever. You feel a little bit of comfort in that because you don't like watching them be in pain. And so a lot of times what we say to people and what we do is to help us feel better about watching them suffer because we don't like the feeling. But there's no way for you to lift their pain. And if you remember that there's no way for you to lift it, then you don't have to be in an attempt to fix. You can just be there with them. So you can say, I know I can't take this away. I know that there's nothing I can say, but I'm going to sit here with you for a while if that's okay. Or saying things like, I would love to hear your favorite memory if you ever feel like you want to talk. Or you can say to them, can I tell you my favorite memory of your brother or your sister or whoever it was that, that they lost? Because we want to hear, you think that bringing the person, the loved one up is going to remind us? Yeah. Yeah. Guys, we don't forget. <laughs> You coming and saying, yeah. hey, my, you know, I want to talk about your brother. Can Let me tell you this story about something that happened. You aren't going to suddenly remind us that we're in pain because we are very aware. It doesn't ever go away. There's not a respite. There's not a moment where we're unaware that we've gone through something really hard and, and scary. The other thing that I would say is don't ask, what can I do? I'm always here for you. Let me know if there's anything I can do. If you feel inspired to do something, act. Do Just not do ask, it. act. You know, some of the, the things that people did that were the most meaningful were things that I'm never even going to know that they did. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to know who did it. I'm just going to know that somebody did it. Somebody mowed your lawn. Somebody- exactly. Exactly. Things like that. Somebody mowed my lawn. One day I went for a walk and I came back and someone had scrubbed my bathroom. Nicest thing ever. No idea who did it. Super embarrassing for me for one second. And then the next second, I just realized what a wonderful expression of love because life goes on. And here I am in all this pain and I still have to scrub a toilet. That's when things start to feel unbearable, when you still have to do life, when you still have to yeah. go to school and you still have to take the test. Go to the grocery store. Exactly. And the mundane, normal parts of life keep going forward. And so anytime somebody stepped in and recognized that and lifted those burdens for me without asking, because what would I have said if she'd said, hey, can I come by and clean your bathroom? I'm fine. I would have said, you. no way. Thank you so much, but I'm really doing great. Or what if she said, is there anything I can do? What would I have said? No, I, everything is fine. Thank you. you would have. You're right. Me, right. And so just act, act and be, just be, just love. Oh, Natalie, just that sure is that so helpful. That, that is so helpful. It really is because we're all going to be in those situations and it's just so beautiful to hear that. That's what you loved receiving and that's so useful. Thank you. One more thing, sorry, that I want to say because it's really good, especially for you teenagers who are on social media and texting and, you know, in that digital world, the digital universe. Um, One thing that's really meaningful is to feel remembered. So if there's an anniversary, let's say that someone died on the 1st of December, Mm -hmm. reaching out to them on the 1st of January and saying, hey, I know it's been a month. I just wanted to let you know that I'm thinking of you. Mm-hmm. or maybe on a birthday or on a holiday. Hey, I know that holidays might feel hard for you without your, without your brother, without your dad or your mom. I just want you to know that I'm thinking of you. I have not forgotten. <sighs> because over time and the further, like it, think about it, the funeral, everybody shows up, everybody's at your house, everybody's helping. And then all of that goes away and you're just left in it. And it, the pain doesn't shift. The funeral isn't some 
closure that lets you just move on and go back to your happy life, you still every single day are blatantly aware of what's lost and what's different. And so if you can remember how important it is for that person to feel remembered and to feel seen, that will do more than you can even imagine. And it helps you as, as the person, the comforter, the comforter of your friend. It helps you develop deeper compassion and awareness of others. And that's a beautiful thing also. So just remember, remember that the suffering doesn't stop and that little check-ins are kind. I really needed to hear this because I have a couple friends that have lost children and it's been just so tragic. And I do think of them when those special occasions come in Christmas and I, I think of them and I cry for them and I don't reach out as often as I think about it because I'm worried it'll regurgitate the feelings and they're aware. I needed to hear this, Natalie. There's not a scenario in which you're going to remind someone that they hurt. You aren't. I mean, they know that they hurt. They're very aware. And all it does is help them not feel so alone in the hurt. And that's the most beautiful gift you can give. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. So this question is something I think is very universal. When we go through something super hard, how can we fully experience a joyful life without looking over our shoulder in fear of what could happen again? I like to tell people that when you live in fear, you're suffering twice. And what that means is bad things are going to happen. Guys, let me just tell you, let me just like let you know, there are going to be some bad things. There's going to be trials. There's going to be hardship. And I don't even necessarily like the word trial because that indicates that like God is doing it to you. The reality is we live in a fallen world where lots of bad stuff happen. And I just don't believe that God's always just making bad things happen. I don't believe that. I think that sometimes bad things just happen. And that's the result of living in a fallen world. Sometimes people are going to treat you unkindly. Sometimes you're not going to make the the school play or you're not going to make the team or you're not going to get into the college that you wanted or your friends are going to gossip about you or you're going to lose someone that you love. That is what life is. It's a lot of really hard things. But if you spend your life worrying about the next one, it's not going to stop the hard things from coming. It just means that you're experiencing the pain of the worry Mm-hmm. And the way that the, that the worry and the fear holds you back from living. And then you're also going to suffer if the bad thing happens. And most of the things that we're, we worry about happening are never going to happen. It's true. Truly, they're not going to happen. But we're suffering as though they already have. And so we're experiencing pain that oh. is legitimately just like a monster under the bed. It's not real. It's not real, but we're experiencing it as though it is. Now, going back to what I said about how all these bad things happen, for sure, lots of bad things happen in life, and that's okay because we're really good at hard things, and we're going to be fine. Everything works out in the end, everything, and I'm evidence of that because I have buried more people than I should have ever had to bury, and I've said goodbye to more people than I ever should have had to say goodbye to, and my life is exquisitely beautiful, and it is so joyful. Everything works out. Everything, even the deepest, darkest, scariest things work out. And if you haven't come to that point yet, you will. One foot in front of the other, one breath after the next. Stick to the high five when you just don't even know where to go or what to do or how to think or how to be. I promise you, I promise you there is hope. There is hope on the horizon. So, so beautiful. And I want to ask you this next question, but I have to interrupt and tell you about a memory I have of your brother. 
Yes, please. Oh my gosh. These are like treasures to me. You'll have to tell me if this is like, I have a lot of him just coming to play with my brother, Taylor. Oh, always. Yeah. And they were rambunctious little ones. And I know oh, I messaged stinkers. you about this for a while. They yes. played Ninja Turtles with actual knives, you guys. Like, <laughs> these were silly boys, uh, dangerous boys. But I have a memory of, so we grew up in Alpine and it is wildly windy. Oh my like, gosh, I can't believe that this is the story you're going to tell. Because before, I, like when I very real? first got on, I thought, I need to ask her if that really happened or if it's just in my imagination. No. Oh my gosh, that's what I'm asking you. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy right now. <laughs> I need evidence of this because this, people won't believe me. People don't believe me. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> this is amazing. Okay, this is truth. If we both believe this, this yeah. is truth, right? Yeah. Okay. So it's wildly windy, like out of control. Like it would uproot, it would uproot trees and it would like throw uh, trampolines like out of people's yards. Yeah. Shingles are flying off the roof. I mean, this is the craziest windstorm ever. And Natalie was with her friend London London. Roberts. This is a real story. This is a real story. (laughs) (laughs) London lives two houses down from where Natalie lives. Yep. I think we were walking towards my house. It was in front of the Deirdin. Yes, exactly. Oh my gosh, this is insane. This is real. I was watching through the window because I was in awe of all the things erupting around me. Like every- it was like it was like being in that scene in uh, Wizard of Oz, like when the <laughs> twister's coming and everything's just flying all over the place. <laughs> it really was. So I see Natalie and London are holding Gavin's hands, and I'm trying to think of how old he must have been. He he couldn't have been more four? than like four. Yeah. Four. So they're holding his hands, and I kid you not, his <laughs> legs are flailing through the air <laughs> like you. he could be flying away. It was like flying a kite. And London (laughs) and I are like screaming, like, like white knuckled, like holding onto him with two hands as tight as we can. And he's like flying like a kite. I am so thankful that you remember this. This happened. Yes. I'm like pounding on the floor. I'm laying on my stomach in this, in the, just so you guys have a very clear idea of my level of professionalism. I'm laying (laughs) on the floor right now during this interview and I'm pounding my hand on the floor. Like, yes, yes, yes. I'm so thankful. Okay. I told this story. I told this story like 50 times and I'm like, I okay. promise that this happened. I promise this is real. And people are like, yeah, like kid memory real. I'm no, like, no, no, real, real. And Thank I'm you. watching through my window going, what, what's going on? And I was terrified. Yes. Get yes. in the house. Get in the house, you guys. <laughs> and I see legs are flailing. And this wasn't just like, like when you go one, two, three, and you wing no, a kid in the it air. It was like he was flying like a kite. His feet 100%. were flapping in the air. Yep. Okay. Have we ever discussed this before? I don't, not to my memory. I have been, let's be fair. I'm old and I'm forgetful. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm so glad you I feel so him. vindicated right now. I'm like going to call my mom and dad and be like, hey, by this the happened. way. <laughs> the neighbor was peeping on me and she's yep, exactly. And I was not just exaggerating. Thank you very much. I am so glad you white knuckled those cute little hands of his. Seriously. And thanked him because that would have been so crazy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, there we go. Well, uh, cute, fun memories of you when I was younger. I just wish I was your neighbor and you were in I my know. everyday life. I just I adore you, Natalie. But then okay. would I have to live in Idaho in that scenario or could you move to Hawaii? <laughs> I will gladly move to Hawaii. I've never no, been. Idaho is so beautiful too. I am it like, really is. I like feel like we get each other. I never feel closer to God than when I'm on the beach. Oh, That's magic. life. Then when I'm on the beach and the sun is setting. Oh, I'm that like, is something. He is real. He is real. That's how I feel when I'm in the mountains. And so maybe it's just one of those things like wherever you aren't. Okay. <laughs> you know? Okay. Because growing up in the mountains, like I yearn for that, you yeah. know? Yeah, um, but true. then let's like bloom where you're planted. I firmly believe that wherever you are, find the joy in where you are. Okay, I'm going to go to the mountains for you as soon as okay, I can. And I will go to the beach for you. You Thank go you. put those 
Okay, pinky sword. Put those toes in the sand for me. Done. All right, my last question of the day, and I can't wait to hear what you're going to say. If you could go back and give your high school self one piece of advice, what would it be? Oh, that's such a hard question because I feel like that could be a whole show, right? Like it could be a whole episode right? of like what I would tell myself. Um, but I think if I'm being really, really honest, and it's weird because it's a, it's a definite lateral step from what we've been talking about, about grief and pain and, and challenges. I think I would tell myself to engage, which what I mean by that is don't hold yourself back. Don't worry. Don't self-censor. Don't feel like you have to be a certain way. Just engage and participate. There is one period of time in your life where you have the capacity and the, the access to all this cool stuff, like even the stuff that people say is quote unquote dorky. Guys, I'm telling you right now, you're not going to have another opportunity in your life to like go to a wrestling match or go and like let loose and just have fun at a, a volleyball game or go to a dance, even if there's like only 20 other kids there. These opportunities exist during this one little window of time. Relish them, engage, show up. Go to everything, participate, have fun, be happy. Don't worry about what other people are thinking. Just engage, engage, engage with your life. And I, you will not regret it. You will not regret it. You will not regret engaging with those beautiful, wonderful opportunities. I promise you that you won't. And you're not missing out by not engaging with all the baloney and the drama. Amen. And the drugs and alcohol and all that garbage. You're missing out on nothing, I promise you. But if you engage in all those joyful things, oh, you'll never regret it. Amen, Natalie. I love it so much. When I first emailed Natalie, I talked about how I came across this talk called The Faith to Do His Will. And this woman talks about a wounded healer. And when you go through things, it just gives you like an expansive perspective. And we can then go on to help and heal others. And I've never met a more beautiful wounded healer. And I feel beyond blessed today. My heart is so full that I got to speak to you today. Thank you for spending your time Thank you. Thank you for having me. And you guys out there, thank you so much for listening. I just love every single one of you. I hope that you feel that and that I believe in you. You've got this. You are awesome. I love you, Natalie. Thank you. I love you. Thank you. All right. I know at the beginning of the first episode, you were probably thinking, gosh, Tani, you are fangirling her so hard. And I was. But now that you've listened to the interview, like, don't you totally get it? She's unreal. And I just love her thoughts and her perspective. The way she words things is just so powerful. When I began this episode, I told you guys that Natalie's experience she shared on her podcast about losing her sweet baby Gavin really spoke to my spirit. And it changed my perspective on life. And I just wanted to quickly share my thoughts about this. I feel like her words just opened my eyes to help me recognize how our timeline on this earth is not all that this life is. We are not just mortals having spiritual experiences here. We are spirits having a mortal experience. Our spiritual DNA is God's DNA. If we could truly understand and keep this perspective when devastation and heartache hit, because we know it will, we can have the ability to tap into that divinity within each of us. Our fragile human bodies may not be able to handle some of life's challenges, addictions, abuse, or other difficulties that will be placed upon them, but our spirits were sent here for it. This is why we are here. And maybe this understanding can help us not resist trials so much. 
Joy doesn't just come from the absence of hardships. Hard is not bad. Hard is just hard. Let's try to not recoil from challenges and numb our feelings to them. We can have faith that we are going through what we need to, to grow into the people that we need and want to become. We can realize that the darkness is what helps us recognize the light. I love you guys so much, and I want you to know that if you are going through your own anguish or despair, you are not alone. You are very loved, and you are being watched over. Just remember to take care of yourself and keep doing those five things that Natalie mentioned in part one. You will slowly find the way to your new path, and I hope you know that I am here for you and that I truly do love you. I know that all of you are fighting your own battles. Keep that head up and remember that everything you are going through will all help you on your way to become. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please click to subscribe and join us on Instagram. We'll see you next time on Becoming.